dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks again for joining us here on the program. For this episode, my guest is an acclaimed New York City chef. And he happens to be co-founder and chief creative officer of Azuka. Almost sounds like azúcar, like the name, Spanish word for sugar. You might have heard in any Celia Cruz salsa song. He's also chef and owner of New York City restaurant chain Boobies, a renowned dining institution for nearly three decades. My guest is Ron Silver. Ron, thanks for joining us here on the program. Now, just to give a little background on, the, on Azuka, with chef quality taste, it allows for faster onset, enabling patients to medicate accurately and effectively in, in, in continuation of, of Ron's mission to provide the cannabis industry with understandable, easy-to-dose edibles. Now, just so you know, a little more background, you marry your expertise as a chef, business owner, and entrepreneur, creating and developing new products and expanding globally. You're the author of two cookbooks, Bubby's Homemade Pies and Bubby's Brunch Cookbook. You've had the company here since 2016, connecting 10,000 people with jobs at over 650 leading cannabis, business, cannabis businesses around the U.S. Quite an accomplishment. So let me ask you about something that you said initially about Azuka. You said, it's an idea that stems from both my career as a chef and entrepreneur, as well as my recognition of the cannabis industry's critical need for trustworthy edibles, both for medical and adult use purposes. You said that our products taste great and are safer and more predictable. Now, you were introduced to cannabis executives in 2013 when you then learned there was a void in the marketplace for trustworthy edibles, prompting you to develop Asuka. Take me back to that time and how it inspired you to create culinary creations with cannabis. Well, so at that time, I was, uh, I was visiting a friend in Las Vegas, and he uh, was starting a, a, you know, what he was calling a, cannabis hedge fund and basically i was hanging around uh his office one day um just, i was in las vegas looking at a bubby's opportunity and you know i just hang out with my friend and sort of had my very first exposure to the early early days of the cannabis industry and all of the things they were talking about were very new subjects uh, you know cannabis real estate, cannabis uh, investment funds, uh, vape pen technology, uh, you know, just sort of everything that we see today as the cannabis business it was a sort of early discussion time. And at the end of this day, I, I asked everybody in the office what they felt was the biggest problem in cannabis at that time. And 100% of them said that they felt that the edibles were the number one problem in cannabis and that uh, half the people would be consuming them and they're completely uh, unpredictable and, and a lot of variables. So I really set out after that day to, to try to address that problem. Now, correctly. was there ever a point prior to this meeting with these executives 
where you ever considered, I mean, was there any interaction you had with cannabis besides maybe just somebody just, you know, partaking in it, whether it was yourself or someone else you knew? I mean, I've been involved with cannabis all my life. Um, and, and, you know, my first job out of high school was, was growing cannabis uh, in 1980. Um, I've, I've been in and out of trouble since I was 13 with cannabis. Um, and so it's been a very, very big part of my life. Uh, and, uh, you know, over time, I, I, you know, I've been a go-to for, for example, if High Times wanted 500 brownies, there are very few people to go to for that. So I would, you know, I, I had a lot of experience playing with, um, you know, quote unquote edibles um, or making things like Green Dragon, if you know what that is. Uh, do you know what that is? This is sort of, sort of when you take cannabis flowers and just let let them sit in alcohol for a long time. Uh, and so a lot of what I would call nasty preparations. Uh, and, you know, it really was a, a big learning curve going into the actual legitimate uh, edibles business and learning, uh, learning what goes on. Now, and, I guess was becoming a chef and learning how to, learning how to cook, and be really good at it. I mean, was that something that you felt like you needed to have something to kind of help you get your path straight, if you will? Well, uh, no, I would not say that. I would say that the two always went hand in hand. I've, I've, I, I really have worked in restaurants since I was uh, 13 years old. Okay. And, of course, uh, back in 1976, say, uh, a kitchen was just completely filled with pirates and people who were on their way to jail or just got out of jail or whatever. It was a, a crazy world. And, you know, being a chef is, you know, there's a, a lot of sort of hard partying and insanity. I always sort of, I mean, although I've, I've participated in a lot of that type of thing early on when I was younger, uh, I always sort of drifted more towards cannabis and found it to be less painful than drinking. Absolutely. So I guess the two things really do go hand in hand. And I, I don't think uh, earlier on I was aware of how much, how important it was going to be to understand hollandaise and apply that to can cannabis in a way. Now, were you based in New York city that whole time going back to when you were 13 years old? No, I grew up in Salt Lake city. Oh, and, uh, and I, you know, I lived in, you know, I traveled around a whole bunch. I lived in Georgia for about five years before I moved to New York in 1987. Interesting. Now, let's kind of get back to Azuka real quick. So, Azuka launches with a variety of cannabis-infused sweeteners and syrups, which can be added to food and beverages as the building blocks of a sophisticated culinary cannabis experience. Over coffee and refreshing lemonade, guests sample the product line, which includes a wide range of syrup flavors. And that's the one thing I know is more important when we talk about anyone here on the program that deals with um, adding flavor to cannabis. So the flavors are quite a palette here. Almond, ginger, pomegranate, grapefruit, and vanilla. And I can imagine people really are might be a little bit finicky or a little bit uh, critical when it comes to making sure they can get that kind of flavor without that oily cannabis taste. Talk to me about 
your work on coming up with such a unique range of flavors for the products you have with Asuka? Well, another thing that I love very much, partly because I don't like drinking, is uh, I'm a big fan of soft drinks yeah. and soda pop in general. So, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, just being a chef, I've, I've uh, played around a lot with with all kinds of things like that. And in my restaurant, all of our sodas are homemade. So it, it's a natural progression to be able to offer these kind of flavor profiles and, you know, come up with new and interesting ones or just do old ones really well, like lemon or orange. Now, is there anything in particular that you feel like works better for adding these flavors together so that you can really get a consistency that will really um, overpower the taste of any cannabis flavor? Is there anything you prefer to work more hand in hand with when you're creating these products more than others? Is there any particular ingredient without saying what the ingredient is per se, but is there so something that you usually use? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say one of, one of our, one of our, you know, our, the, the thing that drives Zuka is a technology that we have, have uh, patented and uh, have filed patents for and, you know, continuously fire, file new patents. And one of this, one of the things about this process is that it it masks the bad flavors of the cannabis. Mm -hmm. So, in essence, we uh, we are freed up to just apply it to almost anything, and it really doesn't. Uh, we don't need to cover up the cannabis because our technology itself covers up the cannabis, and the technology is also the thing that makes uh, Azuka products kick in and very quickly. So the thing that sets our edibles apart from everyone else's is the onset time is, um, you know, anywhere from three to 14 minutes, say. And it's consistent in that it, and it bypasses uh, liver function. And it's sort of the most, it's the most uh, fast onsetting edible that there is on the market. Fantastic. So I'm here again with acclaimed New York City chefs, Ron Silver. He's also founder and CEO of Azuka, A-Z-U-C-A. We're going to talk more about the product and more about uh, some conversations that we're talking about into the, doing a little deep dive into the science of cannabis, which is an experience that you mentioned on our previous article. We're going to talk to you about that in just a moment. Stay with us, folks. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Now 
Let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him being that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We we're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Ron Silver, founder and CEO of Azuka, an acclaimed New York City chef of New York City restaurant Boobies, which has been around for over three decades. Now, Ron, we were going to talk about, before the break, an article that you had in a Q&A. You said, quote, quote, one of the most interesting experiences has been in the deep dive into the science of cannabis. Now, you said, quote, I have an unusually in-depth understanding of cannabis, having used it all my life. I've been cooking also all my life. I never imagined that the two would go hand in hand. Never knew that making a million gallons of hollandaise sauce would inform me as to how to make better cannabis edibles, but that's exactly what happened, end quote. So what are some of the things you've learned from the scientific front to make all the ingredients into any edible you come away with with the right kind of taste and texture? What is it about hollandaise sauce that made you realize this is the, this is the missing link to making it taste and, and, and feel right? Well, there's a couple of things. So... Uh, um, there are three driving factors really in cannabis edibles. One of them is the delivery mechanism, mm -hmm. uh, whether a gummy bear or a lotion or whatever it is. Uh, and two is the emulsification that holds it together. The cannabis oil is a very thick oil. And if you just drop it into water, it floats to the top in globs, like you may have seen in some beverages. Totally. And <clears throat> The third most important, or the third thing that's equally important, is the flavor profile. And so the emulsification part is really the most important for, uh, for delivering the medicine itself. And the emulsification uh, also causes the most problems for, uh, you know, for both manufacturers of edibles and also for consumers of edibles in that the the oil of the cannabis plant is very thick and it doesn't absorb into the body and it has to go into your liver in order to be 
broken down and then your liver can get between two and six percent in say one to three hours so the process that i started out on was trying to understand how to get an emulsification with this oil and what i ended up with is something that uh, supplants actual emulsification with a different kind of technology than emulsification and it's an act it's actually a thermodynamic process and you know we we have a we've trademarked our technology time uh, time technology it stands for thermodynamic individual molecular encapsulation and and it sounds like a mouthful it's a uh, science yeah <laughs> but it really is what's going on and with with our uh, with our technology each individual molecule is encapsulated and uh, has therefore the smallest particle size and is absorbed into the soft tissues um, so basically learning about all of that stuff uh, is taking something that I've done instinctually all my life, making hollandaise or mayonnaise or vinaigrettes right. and applying it to this medicine and having to really understand what's going on on a molecular basis. And there's a lot of science out there about what is going on on a molecular basis. And, you know, one realizes that the missing part of the discussion in the science is having a, a, a cook in the kitchen to play around with it. And it's interesting with some of the products that can be done in terms of edibles. Well, it's mostly baked goods. And I, I would imagine that there's a lot of the same tried and tested methods of baking when it comes to making sure that it's, it's very timely in a it uh, feels like in some cases, if, if I try to cook, baking is probably one of the hardest things to do of anything you could do at all to make sure you can make it exactly right at the same time and have it with the right flavor palette, just like you're saying. And, you know, it's interesting also about what you're only able to do because one thing you make mention of is the sauces and the vinaigrettes and the things you do. In a lot of culinary dishes, there's always something that you have to add, a sauce or something else to help uh, enhance the flavor of something, which is just might be just something very simple, there's always something to go with that. But I don't see that so much with a, in terms of cannabis edibles. Do you see the same thing where it's more about just infusing it into the product, not putting it as a garnish or a decoration or just as an extra flavor, uh, an extra layer of flavor? I mean, the way that the way that we approach cannabis is and C, you know THC and CBD uh, is as medicine. Right. So. My main thing is to make it taste good, make it a small thing that isn't, uh, you know, it's not about the, the actual culinary experience. It's about taking medicine in a sort of controlled, understandable way. Okay. So, but having it taste good is very important. I, you know, I'm not really an advocate of uh, putting, you know, THC in spaghetti sauce and serving it out like that. Right. I, I feel I feel that it very much needs to be understood exactly what you're taking. It's just, you know, it's like if you take, uh, if you have a glass of wine or if you take six shots of whiskey, you know that those are two different effects and you know what you're going to get. Right. And it really, you know, 
our intention is to make sure that people have the same options. And one of the things about these syrups is that it allows you to pour, you know, let's say that there's three or five milligrams of, of medicine in an ounce. Uh, you can pour measured drinks and people can have two or three of them. And the other thing about our syrups is that they're all basically uh, mix and match. You can, you know, intermix any of them and each ounce has the same amount of medicine in it. Let me go ahead and talk more about the syrups themselves and go to another quote that you also made mention of. You said also that quote, our technology is really extraordinary and that it has the ability to adapt and work in a multitude of different form factors. So you make simple syrups, sugars, shortbreads, chocolates, pate de fruits. Those are products that are often not seen in the cannabis space. Frankly, the infused simple syrup and sugars are something I've never come across elsewhere. They're truly unique. So now you were making mention about which products you could infuse with these products. So are there any barriers to the types of treats that you have tried to make yourself? Well, actually, no. Um, you know, we've, we've really had good luck making savory stuff. Uh, and uh, we have now some capsules uh, that make it so you can just take a capsule. Um, you know, and we have a lot of interesting innovations going on just around um, the process of, of, uh, of cannabis the cannabis that you infuse into the edibles. So a lot of uh, really interesting applications that uh, really open up the conversation of cannabis edibles in a, in a very different way. Well, again, we're here with acclaimed New York City chef Ron Silver, uh, the owner of Bubbies in New York City, and also founder and CEO of Azuka, A-Z-U-C-A. We're going to be back with Ron with some final questions talking about um, – if he was having to confront those executives in the traditional boardroom, let's talk about that coming up after the break. Stay with us. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com.
the National Cannabis Industry Association's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference takes place October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com and take part in the only industry trade show focusing solely on the California market hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference brings together thousands of cannabis industry leaders, policymakers, and entrepreneurs to discuss California-specific regulations, market trends, policy, advocacy, and research. The California Cannabis Business Conference will also feature over 60,000 square feet of expo floor, showcasing over 200 exhibitors. Make your plans now for NCIA's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. That's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Wrapping things up on another edition of Blunt Business, I'm here with Ron Silver, founder and CEO of Azuka. And I want to take one of the quotes that you made mention of as well, Ron. What can I say? I like confronting people with quotes. Quote, in every boardroom today, people are wondering how to put CBD or cannabis into their product because it's something that people want. I think we have the ability to help companies answer this question. We have a solution to the edibles problem, and it's a solution that can transcend into a variety of different sectors, end quote. What are one of those things that you think that each and every boardroom should consider based on the solutions you've uncovered? Well, that's a, that's a big question. Uh, so I think that a lot of, uh, a lot of boardroom discussions are revolving around capitalizing on an opportunity. Uh Um, I think it can seem a lot like, uh, you know, the tech boom, you know, the internet boom or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so you see a lot of different motivations going on for jumping into this business. And there, there is a lot of confusing information out there. Yeah. And there are a lot of confusing regulations and, uh, I would say that taking the time to uh, to gain clarity on what your motives are within your company and how it adds value to your actual product and your your business model, and taking the time to be, uh, I guess, to understand what the regulations are and where they might be going, and to really stay above them and to be very much aware of what they are and also to be, you know, to take a a responsibility for uh, delivering essentially a a powerful additive to your products and just understanding what the the pros and cons of it are and how to do a good job. And I think that, that that sort of kind of thing raises the level of the conversation and, uh, and a lot of good things can come out of it, I believe. There's a lot of big companies out there with a lot of big boardrooms that I can imagine because we know there are a lot of beverage companies that are looking to find their way into the space. They're just waiting for legalization to basically validate and basically open the door for them to go ahead and infiltrate. And so I can imagine that they might come in with their own ideas, but it's important to go ahead and take the perspective that you come in with with your decades of experience that they should definitely, you know, 
come to possibly if they can come to you to consult about this idea. But you have the right idea going, and if you're able to go ahead and lead the trend for others to go ahead and learn, so that better edibles are made across the board. That's all we want is we want good product out there across the board. And if they can make it with a Zuka, better have it. That's, that's a better solution for all. So now I'm amazed on how you're able to go and do all the work you do. You still multitask as a chef. You're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. You're creating and developing new products and expanding global. You have authored two cookbooks. I don't know how you had time for that. Bubby's Homemade Pies and Bubby's Brunch Cookbook, which that just sounds mouthwatering. It's lunchtime, so I would think about it. How can we learn more about how to get those books? Obviously, people would probably want to go see what you can do with those books and do a little dabbling in the uh, culinary arts themselves. And where can we find Azuka, more importantly, and be able to get a handle on some of these products so they can start cooking and baking on their own? So the Bubby's, Bubby's cookbooks, you can order it on uh, my, our website, bubbies.com. And Azuka products, you can go online to Azuka dot co and uh you can order cbd sugar packets or uh simple syrup and we'll have a bunch of other products coming out soon and uh i'd say that you can start seeing azuka products well right now we are on the shelves in uh, massachusetts with cannabis products and probably start seeing us on shelves in other states Soon. I love the fact that also I'm looking just at Bubby's as well. Just it says B U B B Y S dot com. And the one thing I also noticed that you're and maybe this also goes into what you do with Azuka's, you're definitely into comfort food. Yes. That's really I'm that's trying your, to make good food. It, it looks great because it, it I mean, I, and the thing is if you're gonna be in New York City, you have to be pretty damn good to be there, especially with three locations. You must be doing something right. And that's the best part. So it's, again, I mean, there's something to be said behind the name, uh, behind your pedigree and what you've done in terms of uh, your culinary delights and what you, how many people you've made happy coming in and out of your restaurants for years. I can only imagine what you're able to do with Azuka. So, again, uh, A-Z-U-C-A dot C-O. And uh, Ron Silver, thanks so much for making time to join us. I know uh, we didn't delve too much into the food, but I just thought there was a lot that you brought into the mix here there, some of the philosophy that you have when it comes to edibles is really poignant and on point, and I really do appreciate you taking time to talk to us about it. Jorge, thank you so much for having me today. Really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. And uh, thanks again. Uh, best of luck with you, and uh, buongiorno. Thanks so much for all the good food, and uh, continue to don't stop with your bacon. Don't stop with your making, please. Thank, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, folks, again, a-Z-U-C-A dot C-O. And then, of course, B-U-B-B-Y-S dot com, Bubbies dot com. To go look for the cookbook. And also, if you're in the New York City area, I would probably recommend to go ahead and visit one of the locations there on site in New York City and uh, stop in for a little bit of food. Thank you, listeners, for joining us here for another edition of Blunt Business. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, you'll find it. Just look for Blunt Business. Thank you for listening.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.